Our scripture reading today comes from the book of Isaiah, chapter 57, verses 7 through 11. Hear now the word of God. Listen to me, you who know righteousness. You people who have my teaching in your hearts, do not fear the reproach of others. And do not be dismayed when they revile you, for the moth will eat them up like a garment, and the worm will eat them like wool. But my deliverance will be forever and my salvation to all generations. Awake, awake, put on strength, O arm of the Lord. Awake as in days of old, the generations of long ago. Was it not you who cut Rahab in pieces, who pierced the dragon? Was it not you who dried up the sea, the waters of the great deep, who made the depths of the sea a way for the redeemed to cross over? So the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Friends, this is the Word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. I'm going to sound redundant, but this thing we've been doing in my house is blowing my mind. It's a way for kids to better understand and engage their emotions. And if I'm being honest with you, I found myself benefiting from it as well. And the core is super simple. Four colors. Blue, green, yellow, and red. And we use the characters from Inside Out. Has anyone seen Inside Out? Oh my God, okay. Free promo for Inside Out. I'm not hosted by Pixar in any way, but you should, you should check it out. We use the characters from Inside Out. In green, it's content, alert, calm, collected. And there's blue, which is sad or tired or discouraged. And yellow is afraid or nervous or agitated. Uh, and red is either explosive energy or rage or extreme fear. And the point of it isn't that some colors are bad. Every color is valid. Every emotion is valid. The point is recognizing where we are and working to get back to the green. Green because when we are calm and content and alert, we're better able to engage life. We can respond well to new challenges. We make better decisions. Recognition of where I am and getting back to green. This is why this matters. There are some people who live their lives in the red. And we can think that living angry is just how some people live. But if you think about driving a car while in the red, you're going too fast and what happens? Have you been with one of these people? Some giggles suggest yes. If you're driving in the red, you're more likely to hit another car. You're more likely to miss your turn. You're more likely to make a mistake and get in an accident. Driving in the red is dangerous for us and for others, which is what happens if we live in the red. If we live angry, we're more likely to say something we regret. We're more likely to lash out, to miss an opportunity. Not that anger is bad, just that we need to acknowledge it and learn healthy ways to move to the green. Other people live their lives in the blue, always sad or tired. And this can look like someone driving a car with a golf cart engine. It's going, just not going anywhere very fast. It's missing opportunities because it's stuck at that speed. I have a friend who actually admits she drives in the yellow. She's so excited about life, she actually stands still, sort of like this. And she's so excited about people that she actually made a rule. Uh, 
she can only have two of the following three things at the same time. Friends, music, and driving. Only two of those at any time. She can be driving with friends, but then she can have no music. Or she can be driving with music, but then she cannot have friends in the car. Or she can have music and friends, but then she cannot be driving. Because when friends saw her driving with music and them, they were scared. It's too much. She gets too frazzled and distracted. It's dangerous. Which is the whole point. That's the whole point of the colors. Building an awareness of our emotions and working ways to get back to the green. So in our family, we'll ask, where are you? Mom, where are you? Dad, where are you? I'm in the green. Oh, I'm in the blue. I'm just feeling tired. So I'm going to go for a walk and I'll drink some coffee. I'm in the red, so I'm going to breathe deeply ten times. I'm in the yellow, so I'm going to talk with someone about why I'm afraid, all about getting back to the green. Maybe this feels painfully simple, but I wonder the level of improvement in our lives if we actually implemented this. I wonder the level of improvement in our lives if we actually implemented that. You see, embedded even in the English language is this sense that our emotions just are. In English, this is what we say. I am sad, right? I am angry. That's the same way we say, I am Brian. I am my emotions. That's my identity. I can't change it. It's who I am. I am angry. I've had to learn Spanish recently for various life reasons, and there's actually a different word to describe it, a temporary state. You don't say, I am my emotions. There's a different word to describe it. Or in English, we would say, I am afraid. In Spanish, you say, I have fear. The same way you say, I have a cookie. In English, I say, I am afraid. I am my fear. In Spanish, you say, I have fear. It's out here, a thing in my hands. And I can do with it what I will. I can even use my fear. So in our house, we're trying to change how we think about emotions as something that comes, but something we can engage. We have emotions, but we're not defined by them. We control our emotions, not the other way around. Because living in the green isn't an accident. It's a habit. Eventually, eventually you want to get to the point where you're in the red and you're out of control and you instinctively start breathing. Or you're in the blue and you're tired or you're sad and you instinctively take a walk. Or you're in the yellow and you instinctively put your fear in your hands and you look at it. And you say, I can do something with this. Living in the green is a habit. It's the result of a way of life. This Bible verse, it says, they shall obtain joy and gladness. We obtain joy. It's a habit, the result of a way of life. And the word obtain here, I'd like to retranslate it for you because it's really an image. In Genesis, this man Laban is chasing his nephew Jacob through the desert and Laban catches him. The Bible says it overtook him. Same word, obtain. When God's people are escaping Egypt and Pharaoh's army is chasing after them and catches them on the shores of the Red Sea, the Bible says it overtook them. The same word. When the Bible says we shall obtain joy, 
it means we shall chase after it, but we shall catch it. That's getting back to the green. It's not a promise that if we stand around and wait, joy shall descend upon us. It's a promise that if we chase joy, we will catch it. Now, joy is different than being happy, and we know that. Happy is more of an emotion. It's transient. Joy is more a state of your soul. They can overlap, but they don't have to. If you're happy at the funeral of someone you love, that would be strange. But you can feel joy at a funeral. Joy at the life they lived. Joy at the memories. Joy for their resurrection that God is making them healthy again. We can feel joy even with grief. Or I think about uh, when I was in soccer in high school. And the coach was running us. Running till our lungs were burning and people were throwing up. And I I threw up twice. Uh, And then we finished this workout. And no one feels happy with your muscles on fire and the taste of vomit in your mouth. But there's a joy at what you've done. We can feel joy in pain or joy in sadness. Getting back to the green is living towards joy even in the midst of hard things, even in the midst of disappointment, in the midst of uncertainty, living towards joy and God promises we will catch it. We will overtake it. So the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall overtake joy and gladness. Which leads us to this question, and it's really an important question. How do you live toward joy? How do we get back into green? How do we live towards joy? First, here are some guaranteed ways to avoid the green. Guaranteed ways to short-circuit joy. I've got six, and I'm sure there are many more. But I'm hoping you'll just listen to these six and do what I did, which is choose one. There will be no multiple choice test after. Uh, I will not follow up. But just choose one that you know is yours. There's no grade. But if we can identify how we're short-circuiting our joy then on the other side, it just might be worth it. Number one, envy. Envy views the world through the lens of what we don't have, what other people have that we don't have. We all have reasons for joy in our life. But envy colors over them until all we see is what we lack. So we need to leave envy and pursue gratitude. Option number one. Number two, apathy. Joy is not going to chase us. We have to pursue it. We have to overtake it. And joy will grow. It will honestly grow with the amount of work we put into it. So apathy will shrink our joy like a balloon with a hole until even if we catch it, it's about that big. We need to overwhelm apathy by finding things we're passionate about. Number three, maybe especially during this season, this is you, busyness. If we're so focused on juggling a million responsibilities that we don't take time to notice, slow down and notice what we have, joy will be sitting at our feet and we'll miss it. Number four is fear. This one is mine. 
Joy will often be waiting for us on the other side of failure, on the other side of uncertainty. Whatever it takes, friends or counseling or goals, we need to overcome our fear to pursue joy in the unknown. Number five is bitterness. People wrong us. That's life. And people hurt us. But bitterness convinces us that holding on to our hurt is more important than letting it go for whatever life has next. So we need to stop cultivating our hurt and holding on to our hurt so our hands are empty to receive joy. And finally, number six is selfishness. Part of how God made us is to find joy in living for others. It's found in love and it's found in sharing and in helping. And if we live life for others, we'll manage to be happy. Six short circuits. Envy, apathy, busyness, fear, bitterness, and selfishness. None of them are pretty, but if we're honest, you probably have one you like more than the others. Which is yours? Which is your short circuit on joy? The point isn't to feel guilty. I have no desire for you to feel guilty. The whole point is to get back to the green. The whole point is just to get back to the green. If you're selfish, that's fine. Take steps toward dealing with it. Go serve someone. You can hate it, but when you find joy, it will start to change. If you're bitter, that's fine. Take steps to change it. Say, I forgive you, and repeat it until you kind of mean it. And one day, almost by accident, you'll find you've stumbled upon joy. The point isn't guilt, it's living towards the green. Fear happens, and we're not here to judge you for being busy. Apathy happens, envy happens, it all happens. But the point is, don't we want to live in the green? God promises that we shall overtake joy and gladness. As we pursue Him in worship, as we pursue Him in serving others, in forgiving, in humility, we shall overtake joy. If we chase joy, if we chase it by giving our lives to something worth our time and effort, if we chase joy, will we catch it? When we do, and we shall, no matter the heartache or the grief or the hurt or the worry or the fear, when we chase joy, God promises that we will overtake it. Friends, this Christmas season we remember if God would stoop down so low to be born as a baby, if God would stoop so low as to be nailed to the cross, then surely He will stoop so low as to join us in every moment of our lives. That information, it doesn't give you protection. But what it gives us is God. It gives us God who is holding our joy. The joy that we are searching for. The gift of joy means we can take on life with all its highs and lows, its delights and tragedies, because we have already found the Savior who is always saving, who gives us joy in every season. So remember these six short circuits. They promise joy, but they're liars. Envy, apathy, busyness, fear, bitterness, and selfishness. And the point isn't guilt. The point is to name ours and instead, with intention, instead pursue Christ who is holding our joy. Sometimes Jesus will still the storm and sometimes He lets the storms rage. 
uh, instills our hearts instead. But it is enough. And it is enough to overwhelm us with joy. So we can stop searching for joy everywhere else and instead chase the God who is carrying our joy. And he will let you catch him. He wants you to catch him. And when you do, you will overtake joy and gladness. Let us pray. Lord, in this Christmas season, we remember that we often pursue joy in all the wrong places. That we let ourselves get distracted by envy and fear and bitterness. Lord, all of these short circuits. But in this moment, we pause and we turn our eyes to you, knowing that you hold our joy. Still our hearts and help us to pursue you in this and in all things. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.